Welcome to the Lodgecast, the official podcast show of Gentleman'sAvenue.com. I'm your host, Mr. M. This is being recorded at Nopalero Studios. We're on the 13th floor of Whittier's tallest building. We took over the entire penthouse suite. Marble floors, gentlemen in the restroom, give you a hand, telling a mint. That's right, folks. We went to the top of the tallest building in Whittier. You're tuned in to episode 32. We have a great guest lined up for you. We have an artist and a car enthusiast, Coulter Jacobs. So you're going to want to stay tuned. He'll be coming up in a few minutes. Um, Remember, all of these can be found on our website at gentlemansavenue.com forward slash the LodgeCast on iTunes, Google Play, on social media. You can find us on Instagram at LodgeCast, on Twitter at the LodgeCast. So don't forget, not only do we have a podcast, which is the audio only portion. So say you just want to be driving around and you just want to be listening. Maybe you're tired of talk radio. You're like, what the fuck? You know, the apocalypse ain't happening yet. So you want to tune in to find out something about life, about culture. Uh, you could tune in and just listen in the audio. Uh, we also have the vodcast, which is the video portion. So if you want to check it out, man, you're like, you know what? I don't want, I'm not interested in America's Got Talent. Or, you know, I'm sick and tired of watching whatever the hell's on TV that just makes no sense. You want to watch a cool talk show. So you could watch this show. So remember, not only the podcast, but the vodcast. You can find us, like I said, iTunes. You could stream it. It's all high quality, folks. So anyways, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty crazy week, man. Uh, sometimes you feel like you're in the fucking upside down. Uh, you're not exactly sure what the hell's gonna, you're like, I don't know what shoe is going to drop next, but you know what? Life is life and you just got to handle yourself. You know, just do what you're supposed to do. Just take care of yourself and, uh, try not to drown in the glass of water because I mean, my God, you, you, sometimes on my iPhone, I get a little bit of the Apple, uh, news feeds popping up and it's like, you just look and go, is this a joke? Is this news story here a joke? Like, can this really be happening? It's 2018. My God. But, you know, you just got to roll with the punches and move forward. You know, I mean, what what else is there to do? You can't just sit here and, and get stuck and, you know, advocate for whatever it is you believe in. But do something, you know, not just uh, be on the sidelines of life, you know. I mean, and uh, maybe then you won't be so, uh, you know, depressed or angry or upset and just you know, you see that a lot in social media, people just whatever, uh, struggling in life and, uh, but you know, getting involved in, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what the hell to say. I'm like, you know, if the aliens are coming, they can just hurry up because, um, I'm ready to go, man. Let's get the hell, let's get out of this place. <laughs> Anyways, without getting too conspiratorial theory here, I'm going to invite our, our, our guest in. Come on down, Coulter Jacobs. How's it going? Here we are, man. Have a seat, put the headset on, and we'll get rocking and rolling here. Yeah, man. All right. Can you hear yourself there? Yes, sir. 
Man, uh, how was the uh, the elevator ride up? The elevator ride was beautiful. The uh, the attendant <laughs> was handsome, had a nice uniform on. Yeah, Jose Jose. He's a nice guy. Yeah, man. Yes, he's, he he's, we go, you know, go big or go home. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's it's. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad to have you here, man. Floors are polished. Exactly. You know? Shoes are shined. Mm-hmm. I like we it. Go all, today we didn't do the catering just because of. Uh, all our broccoli was on the six. Oh yeah, yeah, that's why I was I was five minutes late. I hate being late, but um, there was a shit ton of broccoli on the freeway, literally driving through it in my van. Well, luckily it wasn't a shit ton of yeah, stuff on the yeah, it was yeah, broccoli. Right. It's L.A. baby, yeah, man, you gotta love it, <laughs> man. So uh, you're 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 you said you were in downtown L.A. right? I well yeah, about two years now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I grew up here in Los Angeles, in the LAX area, and then I lived in San Diego for I think it was like it's weird to say twenty years, but it was like nineteen ninety seven. So almost 20 years, and then I, I moved back up here a couple of years ago. to. I had a studio up here, art studio, that I painted out of on Venice Boulevard. Mm-hmm. But that's not Venice Beach. People think that. Mm-hmm. They, they ask me, they're like, oh, you must be rich. You have a Venice Beach studio. It was Venice and Hoover, <laughs> between Vermont and Hoover, mm-hmm. with my friend Mark Breslin, who's a great artist. And uh, <clears throat> we had studio there, and it was like, gunshots at night studio you know what i mean like it wasn't yeah. venice it wasn't cool like that area hasn't been real that pico union area hasn't really been gentrified, gentrified yeah. that much mm-hmm. you know what i mean we yeah. and people were cool with that we just the guys there was a mechanic garage downstairs mm-hmm. and these El salvadorian guys who were so cool like that's how i would know if the work was good because they would come up and be like oh wow it's, if i got their approval then i know mm-hmm you know, if, if, if you can, somebody like that could feel this stuff, like a regular workaday mechanic, like that, then you know that you're on the right track. Yeah. I mean, I'm a working guy too. I mean, a lot of, there, there, there is some like, you know, we talked about Tim earlier and Tim is one of my really good friends and he's always like, people ask me like, you know, this guy, blah, blah, blah. I work, I'm a working guy. Mm-hmm. I, I work for water and power for the city of LA. Mm-hmm. So I wake up at five o'clock in the morning every day. I do mm-hmm. the painting and the writing stuff in my free time. Mm-hmm. So you know, sure. yeah, because I mean, there's there's people now. I mean, we we you, you hit a little bit about uh, gentrification in areas that are mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, at one time in California, at least Southern California, I think in Northern California also it's, it's happening, where areas where you wouldn't want to be caught mm-hmm. after dark. Oh yeah, you know, um, and now they're becoming hip. We're safe. I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. I read this article and it's like this is it. There's only like certain generations who get to see, like at least downtown, I can give that example because I live there now. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I went down there to pick up some car parts with my daddy, brought a gun. You know what I mean? In the 90s. And yeah. it wasn't, if you went down there, you were just looking for trouble. Mm. So, I mean, it, it is it is sad when people get pushed out of the places where they're, where they're from just because of money. And, mm-hmm. and that's terrible but i guess the other part of it it's like you get to see parts of the city i guess without getting killed literally it's, it's, i mean it's a tough one it's a tough it's, one man yeah. it's kind of like there's two sides of the coin that you're like okay can this place stay like crime riddle but not everybody in those areas yeah. you know yeah uh, like silver lake i yeah. see that you know yeah. silver lake is echo, or park. echo park yeah echo park is a heavy good example yeah you know hey, you know what i just yeah i i just don't like like 
the greed. That's what it, that's what it is. Yeah. It's like the landlord thing, the slumlord, like the it's just about money and greed. Mm-hmm. I think I, I and it might sound weird, but I think people should have seniority, man, just like a job. Like if yeah. you've been there for 10 years, that's where you were born and raised. You should have some sort of rent. Control. Like you should have, be able to stay where you're from. Yeah, that's it's just like that's it's like that in my hometown. I'm from El Segundo. And mm-hmm. when I grew up in, in El Segundo, it was. The neighbor was a plumber. My dad was a fireman. There, there. It was very like it was like a Bruce Springsteen song. You know what I mean? It was really, really yeah. working class. Mm-hmm. And now I go there and I'm like, oh my god, there's like breweries there. There was like one bar that I used to walk by when I was a kid. They had Mickey's on tap. It was on Grand Avenue, and like there was a big Confederate flag in there, and like these guys <laughs> drinking during the day. Like that was the kind yeah. of people. You know what I mean? And now it's like the little beach cottages are all bulldozed and three-story beige stucco square it's mm-hmm. just you know it's just weak but yeah. i try not to think too much about that ten dollar avocado and toast right like what the in kombucha <laughs> i mean obviously you can't have a piñata store you know every yeah. other every yeah. other place. cell phone case store quinceanera dresses yeah. wedding dress shop <laughs> i i do understand you know i mean i, I don't know how they did it though Mm-mm. how it existed for so long I don't where know either. you were able to have uh, all these, you know, which is cool, even in Santana, right there on 4th Street, mm-hmm. uh, it's becoming, and, and it's good, I guess, if they're doing it with a, without pushing so many people but, but out. It, but it happens, right? Yeah. It, it's, but where do they go? I mean, it's so, I mean, it's. I heard it the other day, someone was like, oh, you live downtown, and then they're like, is it is it worth it? And I've heard that people aren't as attracted to it anymore, because literally, I walk out of my door, and there's a guy trying to find a vein you know what i mean with a needle <laughs> man literally yeah. and then there's a guy taking a shit I, you know there's piss like so there is they come up from skid row and like i try to be respectful to people but at the same time you gotta like kind of have your like a boundary yeah you know what i mean because people come up like and i'm like no i don't if i have some a court like, like yeah if i don't i'm like what are you the lady asked me she was like i'll take a debit card like a debit card <laughs> i'm like i'll take apple pay right right and anything like i had like some towels to i was like, on my way to the studio like <laughs> like blue shop towels and the guy wanted to bum some of those off of me like what and i was like all right cool and he's like oh these are the best i'm a chef or whatever i'm like okay <laughs> Dude, here you go. If I, you can have some, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not very political. Yeah, to be honest, like I, I just don't subscribe to it. I don't like, like you were saying in the intro. I was listening to you. Like the shit does pop up on my phone too. Yeah, where it's like, and sometimes I think it's just more, uh, because communication is so easy now. It's always been happening. Yeah. This bad stuff. I mean, but and I, and I don't have cable, so I don't watch the news. I, I was at my dad's house not telling him, like, the news is like, a fire today on the 605 freeway. Three kids were beheaded in Syria. But it's like all this stuff that they report. Mm-hmm. It's just, what What am I going to gain from that? You're aware of stuff, but what am I going to gain to know? You know, like, I, it's weird. So well, I tried. I, th- I think, you know what? For me, it, it's. It's almost nauseating at times, but then at the same time, it's like, I think for people, there is people out there that whether by, you know, reposting it mm-hmm. or whatever, maybe they'll gain exposure Yeah, and maybe some sort of activism would happen mm-hmm. uh, because at the same time, it's like not everybody wants to say something about it. Yeah. I mean, there's some shit out there that you're just like, 
Unbelievable. Fucking what? So we're, sad. We're, we're, Humans we're, are like this, doing, people are just not nice to each other. I mean, it's not just the the, the immigration situation, but yeah. there's a whole shitload of stuff happening yeah. throughout the world yeah. that you you do feel like, yeah. I'm, I was a fan of that show, Stranger Things, uh, you know, Upside Down. and the Is that the Stephen King one? No, it was on Netflix. I, I don't know who wrote it. It's Stephen King, I think. I don't know, but it yeah. was it was like this alternate, this other world uh-huh. that exists, right? But you, you do feel like, fucking this stuff's absurd not just like i said it's the immigration and the child detention all that stuff is i was reading about that this morning so i I get i do try to stay up on like i say i'm not political but i was just trying to figure out you know i I watched this thing the other day though that was really interesting it was a uh that david letterman show he had barack obama on Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. and he was talking barack obama was talking about the news that you get to your phone is based off of things that they'll think you will like. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, so if you you're searching this stuff, they will cater your information to what you. Mm-hmm. So if me and you search the same thing, yeah, I'll get different results than you'll get. That's true. So it's kind of hard to get the real. And I was looking at that the the child detention thing just because I was like, how's like really? <laughs> like somebody thought that that was a good idea somewhere that doesn't care about human. Every human being in the world counts to me. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly, Every single person exactly. that exists in the world has a place in the world and it counts. It counts. Mm. And it's like I read, I read, I always read quotes. You know mm. what I mean? And it's like there was a priest. And I grew up in the Catholic Church. You know what I mean? That Same here. Mm-hmm. All 18 years of looking at the bloody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but you know, it, it, it the lessons that are that that you can learn not that i'm into it now per se i'm into everything i mm-hmm. subscribe to every miracle i subscribe to every mm-hmm. religion everything those are positive in their core you know yeah, and people yeah. can take different things but anyway the, the the priest was saying that like how, how could all these politicians get up there and quote scriptures but but treat the 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 less fortunate mm-hmm. and the sick and the poor the way that they do yeah that is in the that's that's one of the basic themes of the whole any kind of religious it's like scripture. fundamental to be yeah. a human being right like you care about people so i, I don't know i i just it, but like you said it's just so overwhelming it's so overwhelming so i and and then the other thing is is that what am I, and, and it might sound like fatalistic but what am i gonna do about it the only thing that you can do really like is be an example in your life. Like, I mean, that goes into the painting stuff and the writing stuff that, that I do. Like, it's just a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like somebody said that the other day to me when they're like, you know, I don't live my life as an artist, so I wouldn't really like, and off the cuff, he said it, but I was thinking about it and I was like, I, yeah, like that's, that's the way that I live my life. I mean, I don't have any kids. I've been dedicated to this stuff. I mean, I wrote, I started out writing. I went to school for journalism and mm-hmm. I want to be a novelist. I still I wrote two mm-hmm. novels and uh, they didn't. What were they called? What the the names? first one was called uh, Walking Through Spiderwebs. I was twenty three years old when mm-hmm. I wrote it, and it it was uh, it I I sent it out. I got this like writers market book, and, and it had all the eight, like literary agents that accepted unsolicited manuscripts. It's like trying to be an actor mm-hmm. or you know yeah musician. Like if your dad doesn't know somebody, you're just you know yeah or if you, you gotta were have you gotta have the connections you know what i mean so but but i was determined and like that whole thing meant a lot to me like the jack kerouac thing and mm-hmm. just that i don't know why i it, it, it touched on a lot of the things you know you grow up and like you want to be like a man you know you want to be mm-hmm. t- like to the tough guy thing you grow up and mm-hmm. you you know blah blah blah, blah. but you, you could figure i figured that you could do it in a different way than 
the kind of bravado thing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where it's, you're out there trying, you know, there, there's ways, artistic ways to, to express that, that are tough too. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be a poet, to be a writer, be a painter, to be a guitar player, whatever it is, you know what I mean? So I sent this stuff out. I think there was like, it was like 150 or 180 letters. Mm-hmm. Like that was like, and I was living in an attic in my grandparents' house in Long Beach, like mm-hmm. on purpose, you know what I mean? Cause I thought it was like, the suffering artist or what? yeah it was romantic to me it, <laughs> yeah. it only looks cool in the documentary but when you're actually doing it <laughs> dude i didn't yeah. know anybody like i just would go i worked at the uh-huh. gas company at the time reading gas meters mm-hmm. like and i started out in redondo beach and then they transferred me to the yukon base they called it and like the next day i was in the middle of watts like reading like and those meters are in people's houses so like all the stories i would write down i have a like notes to write a book about that too but anyway the the first book that i wrote was kind of like a stream of consciousness kind of kerouac thing about my experiences in san diego and the beach and all the stuff that i grew up around you know Mm -hmm. and then just trying to have the language be easy to read and blah blah blah. and i sent it out and it ended up that i got a letter i got a letter back from uh the william morris agency it was like the biggest agency Mm -hmm. and i was like dude that's it i'm in i'm gonna go to new york and be have the book on the shelves and I thought I was, you know, on my yeah, way. Yeah. It was 23. You got the and, ticket, yeah. Yeah, I thought. I thought I did. And then they sent me back a letter that was like, we really like the book, but it's a little bit extreme for what we handle. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, have you guys ever heard of William Burroughs or any of these people who wrote like really, this is in the 50s. Like mm-hmm. this is extreme now in 1998. Mm-hmm. Really? So I, and then they were like, yeah, it kind of lacks a little bit of plot structure and all this stuff. That's like, it's not what it's about. But so I got stubborn and I wrote another one based on another book that mm-hmm. I don't know how I did it. The second one called same taste as a shotgun. And, uh, <clears throat> it was like three months I was dedicated to it mm-hmm. every day. I get a big cup of coffee and I, and I would do it. And the same thing happened with that one. And then I turn around, I'm 25, 26. And I'm like, dude, I got to get a job. Yeah. You know, like I can't. I guess I wasn't willing to be the starving, you know, I just didn't want that. Yeah. Because I like cars, you know what I mean? And I like vintage furniture and like, I just, it's pretty girls. Yeah. I mean, it's like, so, so that, that was, you know, and then I, yeah. And in a way, like it broke my heart, you know, like Mm -hmm. the one real dream that you have in your life, like when it doesn't come true and to, to keep continuing in the face of that, like, you know that's kind of like the lesson you know Mm -hmm. like you can't give up like ever that's people say that all the time you know and the people who have whatever i'm a famous musician oh don't give up and then you're kind of reading through it like oh yeah fucker like you (laughs) cool don't give up and you got 10 million dollars in the bank they say a lot of it has (laughs) to do with luck too of course i mean a lot of it is is just being lucky I, i i think about i remember when i i met ed hardy and it took me like six months of stalking, you know, of constant. I have a going. story about when I met him too. Cause he was retired. He's and, the best. And I wanted an interview and I wanted mm-hmm. an interview and it wasn't happening. And finally mm-hmm. I called tattoo city mm-hmm. and I spoke with somebody and I'm like, look, I want Ed Hardy and I'm doing my own magazine. I want him yeah. to cover. And the guy's like, I saw that one. And he's like, what's your name? Whatever. And I gave it to him and he's all, all of a sudden I get a, an email, you know, Hey, this is Don Hardy. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. But I remember when I went up to San Francisco and I met him and at first he was like, I remember he come, he's walking up in the morning and the shop was closed and he said, he looks at me and there he is in his sport coat, Yeah, you know, purple look, socks, looking like a grandfather. Yeah. And he says, 
as he's walking up in the morning, he's like, you know what? My wife said before I left, why am I doing this? You're retired. Oh. He goes, I don't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. He goes, but I like your stuff. And so we walked in and he goes, first he goes, I'm only going to give you, I don't know if it was a half hour, hour. Mm -hmm. Well, that turned into a couple hours. And then it turned into being in his private studio down the street. Yeah. And I remember he tell, the whole point of the story is because he tells me, he goes, he goes, someone's going to see your stuff. Yeah. And it's going to be about luck. Yeah. It's going to be, he goes, that's what happened with him, with the, yeah. with the, with the Japanese yeah. and they wanted yeah. the rockabilly traditional Americana mm-hmm. tattoos. But that luck is based on hard work. You're here doing you do your it. show. You do it, right? You, yeah. You, you put in like. You, you make your luck. They say that. I hate that quote, but it, they, yeah. You, you prepare. I would say more you prepare yourself mm-hmm. for when luck finds you. Well, I always project stuff too. Like the guys at work, I'm like, dude, I'm a famous rich artist. Like I'm rich. <laughs> I say Fuck it to it. my wife all the time. I'm like, dude, did you just marry me? Because I'm rich. I'm not rich, but like I say it because I want the shit. I, that's what I. Yeah. I just project. I said it the other day to my supervisor. I was like, dude, you didn't know I was a famous artist. And he was like, like these are construction <laughs> guys. You know what I mean? Like he's like looking at me, but like, and there's part of me in my mind that fucking believes it. Well, you, but I, it's not true at all. Like I might be totally delusional, but when I'm there, I like have this purpose that mm-hmm. I've had when I'm doing this stuff that I've had for, you know, they say 20 years of hard work is like overnight success. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. And in that part of it, I do think about it. I'm not going to lie, but the, the, the part of doing the art and doing the writing, it just happens. It does, you know, people say that shit all the time. Oh, I, I, I want to start painting. I'd love to write a book, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, if it's really in you, the now becomes very, very soon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I've been tested on the shit. Like I told you like that, like I've been totally rejected. Mm-hmm. Fucking rejected, dude, like hard. And then my studio on Venice Boulevard fucking burned down. What? I lost 150, like 150 paintings. I got a phone call at work. Dude, the studio's on fire. And I was like, are you kidding me? And then so I knew a guy, oddly enough, that was a fireman that was the first thing in that station that would respond. I called him. He was like, dude, it's like mostly smoke damage. Like, and there wasn't actual flames in the studio, but it ruined everything. Mm -hmm. So I had to go through the process where I like threw stuff out that just couldn't be salvaged, you know? So then I'm sitting there like, is this a sign from God? Like, dude, you are wasting your fucking life on this stuff. Like you were wasting your time on this stuff. But I I wanted to, I wanted to quit. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I doing? I got to get into something else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it just didn't happen. All of a sudden I was in a new studio, like set up, like working like out of, and I'm like, how? But a lot of people today, I think maybe the younger generation, they feel like, well, you know, I got a thousand likes. I got oh, yeah. 300,000 yeah. followers. Yeah. So that means success. Yeah. That's fine. I, I'm not, it, it, it's weird, but at the same but it's time, it's not success. It's not it, it, success. No, you know what success The Bob Dylan quote. I love Bob Dylan, mm. by the way. You will know no, that about me. Okay. He said, success, you're successful if you wake up in the morning and do exactly what you want to do with your day. Wow. Well, you know, you, you, know what, like, you know what my quote? I think for, I don't know if that's exactly the quote. Okay, well, this like is that. mine. This yeah. is mine. And, and if it sucks, you can totally not use it. But I will use it. I'll, <laughs> I steal from everybody <laughs> all the time. I'm constantly Plagiarism is oh, yeah. always the foundation oh, yeah. for Hell creativity. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. But uh, I always say success is completing what you started. Mm-hmm. Forget the results. I like that. I, I don't need results. I, don't, yeah. I mean, it would be nice. Yeah. Be, but you live in that sense of, the goal, the end mm-hmm. result, which mm-hmm. is to 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 be able to do what you want to do. Yeah, the freedom to do it. And you gotta you gotta hit the pillow at night and just fall asleep right away. 
if if you didn't in 10 yeah, seconds yeah if you don't do that that's clean a, living yeah. yeah you have to be able to say i've put myself in the people i deal with one thing uh for me transitioning from like the website mm-hmm. to the magazine to little short films to this mm-hmm. has always been at the end of the day i want the people that i deal with to walk away where we we're both better for knowing each other yeah not where yeah. it's like you know i i I, there's shit that I learn about people sometimes and I'm like, man, I could just scandalize this stuff and put it out there <laughs> yeah. like tabloid stuff. Yeah. Even though if they're like jerks and you're like, fuck, everybody knows it. Nobody wants to say it. Yeah. But I have it on film or I have it on yeah. audio. Yeah. I'll purposely not put it in because to me it's like, I don't want to live that way. Yeah. I don't want to live treacherously. Yeah. Fucking people over. Yeah. You got to be keep your side of the street clean. It, it's. Yeah, it, I don't. It comes back. Yeah, it, all it does. It comes back. I gotta tell you, I gotta. Um, I have the Ed Hardy story mm-hmm. too, though. Okay, I want and this shit one. is fucking unbelievable, dude. This, this, you know, the picture of him where it's him. He's like ten years old, and they have mm-hmm. the little tattoo shop set up. Mm-hmm. The kid in the picture with him is is Len Lon- Jones. Yeah. Lenny Jones, his son, is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Hot rod guy, awesome dude, like unbelievable dude. Triumph motorcycles, fucking mm-hmm. cool Chevys, like, he, and he's just the nicest guy you could ever meet. Right. But I met him in San Diego. He's, he's super cool. Well, that's his dad. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I was up in San Francisco. I walked into tattoo city and I, I just, and I, I, I have tattoos, but I, I, I always wear long sleeves, dude. Mm-hmm. Just not always, but most of the time, just because the shit now is it's not rebellious anymore, dude. <laughs> It's not fucking rebellious anymore. You see these mm-hmm. kids that like, I'm like, oh my God, I could never imagine getting tattooed on my throat or like how bad it would hurt. Like this shit hurts so bad. Starting on your throat. Yeah. yeah. And you start there and there and you walk out and you're hard or whatever, like whatever. I still love tattooing though. I love tattoo shops and tattooers and the, the whole thing. But mm-hmm. I just, I just don't like to be on like, oh, you, like you see a guy that has really bad stuff that, and then he's like, we're on the same team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, Fuck. It's like the guy like rolls up to me like I'm in my 53 and it's like a PT cruiser with skirts on it. <laughs> and they're like looking over at me like and I always just go like with the Hawaiian shirt. on. Yeah, And I'm like, right. Like, yeah. it's I don't know. Like, I don't kind of making fun of them. But like at the same time, it's like, fuck, whatever, dude. Like yeah. you're do, you're living your dream too. And the guy's like totally stoked. Like <laughs> he's like looking at me like, dude, we're like we could go eat nachos pound, together. Pound fist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like drink beer. <laughs> Anyway, so I uh, I'm up there and and I walk into the tattoo shops and and I always like check the tattitude, you know what I mean? Like people, there's been times when I've walked in and I'm, I got 200 bucks, you know, I want to get like a little road tattoo, travel mm-hmm. around, and people don't even fucking say, hey, how's it going? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're looking at me like, the guy's got a black widow tattooed on his face and well, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so I walk in there and and I start talking to the guy at the, <clears throat> I forgot his name, the, the guy at the front counter, the tall right? guy. Yeah, Troy. Trevor, Tre- Trevor, 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 yeah. And uh, so anyway, he, we were talking and whatever, and, he, and he, he he's talking about tattoos or whatever. And I was, yeah, I was like, and he just, I don't know why he, he like asked me something like, oh yeah, what have you have you gotten tattooed re- recently? I was like, yeah, I'm getting my back worked on in, in L.A. He said, who's doing it? And I said, Bob Roberts. And fucking Bob Roberts is the greatest living American tattooer, a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One of the greatest to yeah. ever do it. Mm-hmm. Plus the coolest guy ever if you ever read his book. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, and he was like, oh shit, you know, and that's like a big deal, you know, it's like the, one of the last backs that he's done. So he was like, can I see it? And I'm like, of course. And people ask me that. I'm like, I didn't fucking do anything. Yeah. <laughs> he drew it. I just sat there. Yeah. So I was like, of course, man. And he's like, I got to show my boss this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I didn't really think about it at the time, 
But then fucking Ed Hardy walks out. And I was, and he's like, "Oh, it's a Rock of Ages." He's like, "Oh, that's my favorite." He did that Rock of Ages book. Mm-hmm. It looks like a Bible. It has like, it's super cool. It's kind of rare now. Um, and we just started talking, and he was like, oh, "He's just tripping about it." And I was like, "Hey, I know Lenny Jones. He's like a good friend of mine." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh yeah, and, dude." And Lenny told me that every fucking year, Ed Hardy sends a hand painted Christmas card to his grandmother, dude, in dude. the fucking mail. Right. Like he's like the most class act. Mm. It gets better, dude. So mm-hmm. I'm talking to him, talking blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, he was asking me, like I was showing him some of the paintings and stuff. And I brought a, a copy of the book and blah, blah, blah. And I was talking to him and he was like, oh, look, hold on. And he comes back. Check this out. He was doing a show in China mm-hmm. and uh, he had all these beautiful abstract paintings like mm-hmm. on Tyvek and shit, like with acrylic dripped acrylic paint. They were fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And I'm looking through them like these fucking things are so rad. Like, well, I could steal some of that from like picking things out <laughs> yeah. and uh, without him knowing. And uh, and then I look at him and I'm like, dude, how big are these? And he was like, they don't have the size on there. And this was like the proof of the book for the mm-hmm. show. He was like, I'll be right back. And he comes, he, he, he goes in the back and he comes back and he was like, um, brings his address book. And he was like, what's your address? Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, I wrote it down and he was like thank you know baba i gave him a copy of the book he was all just it, the conversation was like just organic he was like yeah. just a cool like you wouldn't you wouldn't expect like mm-hmm. a guy like that with so much i mean he it's probably one of the reasons why everybody has tattoos is because of him exactly he, he like he made it like a legitimate he, he like put his neck out there plus his work and just the spectrum that he covers mm-hmm. like author book publisher tattooer mm-hmm. painter you know what I mean? Like he's just the, the coolest, yeah. you know? So anyway, so I'm like, all right. And then we shake hands or whatever. Dude, like a week later, I get a fucking package in the mail within his handwriting from tattoo city that has the book. Mm-hmm. And it says, thank you for catching the typo on the sizes. And I really dig your writing. Ed Hardy sent it to my house. <laughs> Can you, I'm like, really? Like mm-hmm. it gives me chills just talking about it and stuff like that. Like really, really is like right in the center of my heart. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like where that's how you conduct yourself. You know, you know and, what I mean? And the thing when, when I wrote the article on him, the title <laughs> I gave the article was national treasure. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. A lot of people have absolutely no clue. Even in, ta- even thing? in tattooing. Yeah. Have, you know, some of these younger guys, yeah. they have no clue that, you know, he didn't design anything for clothing. They were no. his design. He just licensed them for like some shirt. That's all. He didn't. He didn't. But at the same time, he kind of did sell his name. Well, so he, you get what you get. He well, did. He, same same thing with Von Dutch, though. Yeah. You know what he I mean? He didn't sell it. He would be like he licensed it. No, to, his kids did. Or they, but still, they he licensed it. <laughs> uh, but even even if you look at it, you're you're like thinking he. Well, he ended up suing, and he ended up winning back. Because Christian Adige, yeah, yeah, yeah. Christian yeah. Adige. I heard, I heard a little bit of the. Uh, yeah, because it, it went way sideways. Yeah, the well, designs were to, being you altered. You go to Pep Boys and they have like the floor mats with the thing on there and like the air. There was a whole lot of things going on that were shady, but Dude, I think they had mints at Seven Eleven. I think if you even Google the word douche douchebag or something, I want to say his some of his designs will come oh, up. Oh man! And because people don't understand though, but that this guy had been doing it, yeah, for decades. Yeah. I mean, what kid? At how, how I think it was like what eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. Those famous pictures oh, yeah. of, of has a tattoo were, shop set up with with mascara that, at his yeah. mom's house. And his mom yeah. who was an artist, 
She uh, saved everything that he ever his, did. I, I saw those licenses, dude. He pulls out his scrapbook. Yeah. And I'm the, looking, oh, the little tattoo license. Yeah. yeah. I, he, and I saw all his little drawings, you know. The, did you see the book, the tattooing the invisible man? Oh yeah, dude. So yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what. But he, I mean, I saw that he opens up the scrapbook when I'm there in the studio and he starts pulling this and I'm like, fuck, this is stuff I've seen in documentaries. Yeah. And you have it in your hand. Yeah. Um, but so because we drove up there and he, so he goes hey do you have this stuff and i said no i don't have these books and he goes so he just starts bringing out books for me mm-hmm. and he gets out that one he did on the 2000 dragons yeah uh for the mm-hmm. year 2000 mm-hmm. and he just opens it up and he autographs for oh, me and just and, he, and then a lot of the stuff he gave me was like uh shrink wrap mm-hmm. his books the invisible man mm-hmm. tattoo time the collection yeah a lot of them and so i've never opened them Except for the ones he, you know, autographed for me. <laughs> and I just look at them and I'm like, I wonder what's in them. I haven't read them. Yeah. You know, especially The Invisible Man because it's a oh monstrous God, book. so good. But that's the thing is here's a guy who was a contemporary of the greatest tattooers, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, actually, he was a friend of Sailor Jerry. Yeah. A contemporary. Mm-hmm. Um, Kazuo Noguri. Yeah. I mean, here, here's this guy. And yet people don't. Really, a lot of people won't put them in the proper place in tattoo history because of yeah the clothing that was licensed. But he can't he can't do any wrong. I don't give a fuck what he did. I he did too much. I mean, yeah. and, and he he's not that kind of guy where he would he didn't think that the shit was gonna go off like that. And he just wanted people to see his paintings, dude. Yeah, like fuck off. Like like you want people. I don't know. Like, but he was an artist, a trained artist, a classically yeah. oh, trained. Yeah. athlete. he's like. There's a guy in the club that. The Duke's Car Club, George Hernandez, that's like cut from that same cloth. Mm-hmm. That like he went to like he has a degree in art history or something. Mm-hmm. Like he has a he's studied and learned and like I love people like that. Education and stuff or people who are studied like that. I think it's so cool. You take it to the next level and you 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 bring some legitimacy mm-hmm. to what you know. If you speak, you know it's not like a fucking moron. Yeah, but you you kind of got your shit and you know lined up. Yeah. So when you come to the table. You're able, like someone like Ed Hardy, when he comes to the table, you're like, this guy has credentials. Yeah, your studies are important to you. I mean, I went to school. I I put myself through school. I had to deliver a lot of fucking pizzas and all the shit. But like, I was actually kind of just like a surf bum. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And my dad was like, I can help you like kind of get, but if you want to live at home, like, uh, you know, but if you want to go out and do your own thing, then you're going to have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So, but- I was kind of like wasting time. Like I was just smart. Like they say, like C's get degrees, you know, mm-hmm. I do have a bachelor's degree, but mm-hmm. it was kind of like, fucking. it was like a hobby. Like yeah. I was surfing all the time. That's all I did. I it was lived just on something the beach. to do. Yeah. Yeah. But I, and then I was like, I didn't want to like be in my early twenties and then not have anything to show for it. Cause then nobody can ever take that away from you. And a, a lot of people like with the education thing, it doesn't mean that I know everything about journalism, mm-hmm. but it's more that I can be, you can be organized. You can be punctual. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can set a schedule. There's goals. Like you have to be accountable. That's basically what you're saying. Like when you come and you're like, Hey, I went to school. You, there's a lot of shit that goes into it. That's not just going to class yeah. and taking notes. It's the skill set, life skills that yeah. you learn of yeah. how to deal with jacked up professors exactly. you're like, man fuck you Time, you gotta yeah. deal with bosses yeah you deal with public yes. and yeah co-workers yeah. that you're like god where did you crawl yeah. out from <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah and there's there's ways to do it too where you don't i mean i have to deal with it a lot at my current job like i'm i 
like they kind of think I'm fucking weird, you know, like, I will admit it, you know, like, yeah. and I don't really talk about the shit too much down there because mm. it comes across as kind of like, oh, what do you think you're fucking better than us? Like mm. we sit, we watch football and I don't watch football. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing, and, and I'll let certain people into the whole thing, you know, like, and I'll talk about it if it gets brought up. But it's kind of weird, the whole thing. It's like, and that 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 is kind of like the Charles Bukowski thing. You know mm. what I mean? Like, he's one of, I love him. I met his wife the other day, dude. I wow. changed his fucking water meter at his house. What? And his wife was there still at Bukowski's house in San Pedro. Wow. That was on our list of things to do. And she was so cool. She gave me a book and gave me a hug. Like, I was talking to her for like an hour. The dude I was working with was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like talking to Linda Lee Bukowski. Uh -huh. So that whole working class guy thing, it's, it's, I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of, that's just where I'm from. Like that whole thing. And like, I'm just, it just happens to be the cards that I've been dealt. So but you try but to it makes plan. part of you though. I mean, it, it makes does. part of, of, it of, does. And it maybe drives your passion to say, uh, I can create my own reality. Yeah. That doesn't mean you discount the one you're in. No, but I want I want people like us to be included. That's mm. the other thing with the paintings, with the fine art world and stuff. Mm. It's a whole other thing, which I totally respect. I totally respect it. The game, the, you got to play the game. Yeah. The people who have their paintings and their stuff in like these huge galleries, it doesn't necessarily mean that their stuff is the best. They play the game the best. Mm -hmm. And that's part of it that I'm trying to get better at. Yeah. without being like, I feel like I'm a total fucking idiot. Because most of the time, I can't go places like thinking, I'm going to show up here and then meet this person. I just don't, I just, I'd rather just work it. I can't do that. I meet people organically. I mean, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I always meet people organically that are awesome. I do, I like, I've been so lucky in that way. Mm -hmm. But I try to treat people right. And I try to be cool with people. I try to be open. Like, I guess like one of the proudest things like, with the car club stuff like that some kid came up to us and he was like and all the guys in the club are so cool like you know what i mean mm -hmm. like people come up and they you're approachable and you you can and they're into it and there it's not like some elitist thing where like you walk up like those mm -hmm. guys are fucking and some kid walked up he was like man and he, i was talking to him for a second in the parking lot or whatever he was just bullshitting about the car about mm -hmm. blah, blah, whatever and i fucking love chevys yeah i yeah. fucking love them so I was talking to him about it, and then he goes, he comes up, he's like, dude, not only do you guys have the nicest cars here, but you guys are the nicest guys here. Mm. And I was like, dude, like, like that the whole thing, like, I'm like, that's what it, that's what it's about. So I try to like be open and and be cool to people, not to all treat, the time. Treat people the way I mean, at the end of the day, you want to treat people the way you want to be treated. Exactly. I had yeah. to have that fucking conversation with this guy at work, this fucking dick that I work with. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm somebody's son. Yeah. And somebody's best friend and I'm somebody's husband and somebody's cousin. Yeah. Like, would you want your people being fucking yelled at one side? You wouldn't want that. Not oh. that I'm perfect, a perfect person. I can be a yeah. fucking dick too, but I mean, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel bad after, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's, that's, that's just part of the, like I was talking earlier, just like the artist life thing, you know, you try to. So how did you get into art school? So you, you, you studied journalism and you got into yeah. art. Right? How did you get into it? What made you want to do it? What were your influences? I, I get, I guess, um, it was just, I've always been open to all kinds of influences mm -hmm. from everything from fucking, but when I was really young rap, like rap music, I got, I love growing up like too short and the ghetto boys and NWA and mm -hmm all that stuff. And then, and then it was like suicidal tendencies and social distortion. And I always liked, uh, the fact that the stuff was like where I was, mm -hmm. you know, like Compton Centennial was, I played baseball when I was in high school and like mm -hmm. they were in our league. So I kind of felt like suicidal Venice. My dad was a fireman in Venice. Like we used to ride our bikes there when we were mm -hmm. young. 
So I've always tried to be open to all kinds of influences from everything, mm -hmm. from the car stuff to the to music. And then with the writing stuff, it was a teacher. Um, it was actually, a, <laughs> I, I got in trouble in high school a lot. And, and uh, there was a counselor that they assigned me to. It was like at the continuation school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just had a problem with authority kind of, you know, when you were younger, nothing crazy, yeah. you know, but I mean, um, I could go in deeper to it, but I don't fucking yeah. do that. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, but save that for um, the next book. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so they signed me to this guy, and instead of like him being like really domineering and like he he, we just talked, and he was probably like in his thirties, and he was a surfer, and like I think I was like fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, and uh, he uh, he gave me a surf fucking surfboard, mm -hmm. and was like, kind of was like in a weird way saying like this could change your life and maybe that's what you needed instead of like quoting a textbook and like making me feel like there was something that was really fucking wrong with me. Mm -hmm. So when I was 19, I, I, I just wrote a story dude, like about that. And I, I submitted it to this, there was this old surf magazine called wave action. It was free. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to go, I still go and I, I love like magazine racks, you know, you see them mm -hmm. in Hollywood and stuff. And uh, where it's all magazines, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a newsstand. Mm -hmm. And there was one in Manhattan Beach up the street from the pier. And I went up there and I picked up the new wave action. And they fucking printed it. They didn't tell me like you didn't have email then. Yeah. And my name was in print. And I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the beginning of the writing thing. And then you got into art, the painting stuff. I, and then being open to that, there are certain writers who take a lot of inspiration from painters mm -hmm. so i think i started like really investigating like the museums and just seeing stuff mm -hmm. and uh it, it, i i don't remember i mean i have paintings dated 2001 too that i mm -hmm. would never show anybody mm -hmm. they're terrible and i don't know why it happened mm -hmm. it was just a natural thing and then as i got deeper into it the uh just investigating the materials Mm -hmm. And uh, what you can do and what you can't do, and then it's like this it's like a spiraling effect where it's like if I love, you know, Franz Klein and I love de Kooning and I love um, Joan Mitchell, if I love all these abstract expressionists, '40s Clifford Still, all these people, who do they love? And it's the same kind of thing. And then you go back, and then you're Tracing looking at roots, Goya, yeah. and you're looking at Rembrandt, and I mean, went to the I went to Amsterdam, went to the Van Gogh Museum, and. It was, I don't know, I, I, it's kind of weird because it, like I really think I can make a contribution, you know, like mm. I can, what the fuck does it matter if I paint or not? But I can't, I, I think about that sometimes, but I, I always snap myself out of it because I just have so much fun doing it. Mm. So I don't know, and I was making paintings in, in my garage. I lived in Oceanside for a long time and uh, I, I don't know why. I just figure I could... Like if somebody could make something like that, I figure I could make something too. And then, and then if people were interested in them and then I, I sold one of them and then I stretched one of them and put it up in my own house. I'm like, that that's like an energy. You go into a room, if you have yeah. a big energetic like painting, I just think it looks so. So it was another way cool. to, for, for you to express yourself. Yeah. Was it, uh, you weren't trained. Were you trained as an no, artist or anything? Not as a painter. No. So, so, so you, this is another way you found to express yourself. Yeah. Uh, and obviously you probably weren't doing it initially to be like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, be, no. it was just another self-expression. Yeah. I didn't, I, I remember wanting to just have a, a painting up like at a fucking art show. Like mm -hmm. I didn't care if it was at a, you know, a grocery store, mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't care. I just wanted to see it up. And then, 
as you get more into it, like I said, I'm kind of a fucking bookworm. Mm-hmm. I I just I don't know. There was so much. There was so much, and there's so much you can do, and then there's so much you can't do, and you have to learn all the rules first before you break them. You know what I mean? You have to. Well, see, you that, really that, do. I, I, I can P- totally Picasso relate to that. Said that. I, I can totally relate to that because I, I'm, I'm, I'm always figuring it out as I go along. Yeah. And and uh, I, I think a, a good friend of mine he tells me he's, he's a trained. Is there he's, any more beer? Yeah, right, right there, and I'll. Um, but he always says, you know what? He's trained in design. He's trained in all this stuff. And he goes, you know what? You're designed by non-design. Yeah. It's like, you don't, you don't, you don't, he goes, don't, don't listen to me. He goes, if I give you critique, don't listen to me. Yeah. Because I'm going to ruin your shit. Yeah. But you do anyway. And then you're like, is it, is that going to make a dent in me or is it not? (laughs) People say that shit all the time. They're like, they come over like, well, if if it was like this and then sometimes it makes sense. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I could probably do that. And other times I'm like, fuck you, dude. That's the way I do it. (laughs) Yeah. You you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's who you are. Yeah. Uh, And I'll, I'll pull, I've pulled a few images from your social media. Let me find it here. So oh, I could no. show everybody. Well, these will all the appear. The naked ones? Yeah. The naked ones of Tim Syndicate? So Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are little watercolors that I've been doing. That's just a hobby in between the paintings. It, well, the, the the medium, maybe, or the media that you're using mm-hmm. may be different, but I found your style is pretty much still the same as far as in the way you approach something. <laughs> these, I found them because they're they're very abstract, and what it is is an image of uh, Eric Mosky. Yeah, hero. Yeah, big Chris time. Cote, too. Chris Cote is a fucking hero, too. He was the editor of Transworld Surf Magazine. So uh, these, t- tell me about them, why you did it, and, and it, the title. Is- I Well, there was a show of those in San Diego. It, they were called Gangsters and Geniuses originally. Mm-hmm. So the, I, I would pick out people who I think maybe like didn't get their due, Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people don't even know who Eric Mosky is, mm-hmm. but they do a fucking pinup tattoo. Yeah, but I, I don't want to sound like that. But anyway, you know what I mean. But it's true. Yeah, somebody um, has to say it. Yeah. Um. So I, I, uh, you want another one? Please. Uh. So. Well, yeah. It was just a hobby that I that I was doing. You know, the thing about those, and I'll admit it, dude. And this is fucking being recorded. Blah blah. That's the best that I could get. I want it to look exactly perfect lifelike, but that's how talented I am. But they come out like that, so I just accepted it. Because those are fucking, they're weird. They're, they don't look right. Like, I try to get, look at how, look at his right hand. <laughs> it's like this big, dude. But it just came out like that, so I just, there was a big theme in the stuff, and I put this, I did this huge painting, and it's like, first, you have to accept yourself. Like, so that that's my limitations. But I did those because, like I said, there was like Nikola Tesla, there was Eric Mosk, uh, Rick Clayton. There's like people who artists and and whoever, tattooers, writers, people who that I, I don't know that I admire. Mm-hmm. I guess it's that's what it is. And and I have like a whole huge list of heroes. Well, I, I what what I like those about two guys this, being one because Eric Mosky, of course, mm-hmm. uh, classic tattoo in yeah. Fullerton. Yeah, I was um, just there. Yeah. Um, but I like it because you know what it reminds. There's a lot. I me personally, I mean, it's very abstract. Not too abstract. Yeah. But is very like reminding me of Diego Rivera. Like yeah. J- just I love that. Him. That almost like the morphine of the person, mm-hmm. where it doesn't make them like ridiculous. Yeah. It just borderline though. You, you but you feel it. Yeah. What's well, human? You, you, can, you yeah. feel like a, yeah. a, a, a. I hope all the organic. Stuff has that look. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, For I hope- me personally. 
I love that. That's a that's an unbelievably great compliment. Uh, I did take art in college, um, but not in study because I, mean, <laughs> I, I had to take an art class. Um, but I like that, and I don't know if you did this on purpose, but the three uh, I don't know framed letters in the back or words. You know what that's from? That when he passed away and it spelled wrong. Yeah, they, I noticed that. Yeah, it had that on there. He was working on a drawing. Mm-hmm. And that was in it. That's why I put that in there. It said from here to eternity, but it's here like you hear. Yeah, I saw that. But that was him that did that. Okay. I took that out of the, there was an article about him. And then, I mean, uh, people I know like knew him really well. You know what I mean? I, at the time when he was working, I didn't have any money to get tattooed. Yeah, he's. Uh, you definitely. didn't really travel to get tattooed then. You just went down to the I corner. I, I heard a story that. Uh, that made me sound old. No, <laughs> I heard a story that Tim Hendricks. <laughs> The current owner mm-hmm. of Classic Tattoo. Great guy. Trying try to get a job. When oh, Eric yeah, Musk yeah. <laughs> Tim Hendricks is a cool motherfucker. <laughs> he sent him away. Yeah. Didn't even look at his, yeah. uh, what do you call those? Um, his portfolio. His portfolio. <laughs> well, he did an unbelievable job yeah. at that place, though. I was just in there. A friend of mine, he works there, and he tattooed my wife the mm-hmm. other night. Yeah. And I just still go in there, and it just has that. Very 40s. Has that just magic. It looks like a tattoo shop. It's badass. Like. But not everybody thinks that's cool, but I do. Yeah. It just looks so, and Tim did such a, that's so rad that he did that. But no, Tim Hendricks is a badass motherfucker. So yeah, it's a, it's a good place that was, that was preserved in a way. I mean, it wasn't, uh, yeah. maybe a lot of uh, Eric's flash was. But they repainted, missing. they repainted it. Yeah. They said whatever, I think they got sold somehow, or I, I don't know all like oh. the, the details, but it looks pretty much like it did. I went in there, I've been in there like before, like when it was originally his. Yeah. And it looks the same, pretty much. Well, the towel floor, the way it looks, oh, yeah. it's like a burgundy chairs. and like yeah. a cream. Yeah, badass. Yeah, it's very 1940s, mm-hmm. 50s, neon on the outside. And uh, they have a lot of great tattooers. But I, I enjoy this because in a way it's I like appreciate that. You're, you're bringing people back to the forefront. Uh, just as we were talking about Ed Hardy, where yeah. maybe if people continue, because that's how history is transmitted. Yeah. Through stories. Yeah. Through eyewitness accounts. Yeah, people well, but that, those are going to be around. The other thing, the other thing that's really important to me with this stuff is immortality, dude. This mm-hmm. shit is going to be here after I'm gone. This interview will, will exist be here as yeah. long and as somebody, some kid will be like, yeah. and I don't even want to say it. Like you know, I don't get my due or whatever when I'm alive or whatever because I'm still doing it. But somebody will find this stuff, and then, like I said, that thread that I was talking about earlier will continue. Like I love both of those guys, mm-hmm. their stuff as artists. The other dude, Chris Cote, he he has a he has a show like like this. Mm-hmm. He does like a podcast. He he hosts like the Van Skateboard event. He was an editor writer. He d- does badass art. He's just a cool motherfucker, dude. Mm-hmm. And he's in in Encinitas, where I I worked for the city of Encinitas for a long time. I met mm-hmm. him through friends of friends. But he's just a cool motherfucker. Yeah, you know? it's, it's it's putting it down for for all eternity uh, as long yeah. as media exists. Yeah. Um, this is very very. I mean, it hit every nail on the abstract head yeah uh, for me uh and i like that you're you, you seem to pose a lot with your paintings the only reason why i do that is to show how big they are because well, it, on instagram sometimes it doesn't like this the scale well not the, that i'm so impressed with no, myself no what, what, I'm what i have a beer belly right now <laughs> what i what i like is it shows you know you got it looks like some work boots on probably old work boots yeah. that you use to paint in. Yeah, it uh, looks like probably some some dickies that you you wear. Yeah. It's very uh, blue collar. It's not like this highbrow f- high art. Yeah, personality 
Yeah. That you could relate you. Oh, I walk down to Skid Row like that, and they I fit in. Do they I'm just like do a needle exchange with you too? They I'm would, yeah. <laughs> no, I can just roll around. Sometimes the people who like, I go into my building and I look like that. And I'm covered in paint, and people are like, "Is this guy breaking in here?" <laughs> like the other people that are down there. But the people who actually been down there forever, mm-hmm. dude, I'm like one of them. I walk down the street. What's up, player? Like, you want to need a cigarette? Blah blah blah. And uh, yeah, but that's my that's my painting outfit. I just I just did that to show the scale plus i try to you know you want to look cool man i'm like i won't say that i'm not i want to look like bob dylan all the time Mm. all the time um is this the title (laughs) of your painting what's that but the enemy i see wears a cloak of decency no that's just a quote from the song that was playing at the time just because i think about that you know dice you always think about a thing of chance yeah randomness yeah or is it destiny yeah yeah they, they come at you from all directions i don't know how i got on that I don't know, like the dice thing, like uh, I've been doing a lot of them lately. It's just such a fun form to play with and I've never seen it done. And uh, like you said, we used to play like the street craps at the mm-hmm. tattoo shops. Like, mm-hmm. um, oh, fuck. I keep sounding old, like oh, in the 90s. <laughs> but that was like a friend of mine from the club who I have to totally mention named Rich Matier. He was down there. And these these were the guys that I met when I first moved to San Diego. I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And I lived by the college my first year. And then I was like, dude, I was driving to the beach to surf every day. I'm like, I got to live by the beach. And I moved down there. I didn't know anybody. I got to, well, it's in the first book, the story, mm-hmm. but I just answered an ad in the paper, like in the San Diego reader. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. The ad was two female roommates looking for a male roommate, half a block to the beach. <laughs> Swear to God. It's <laughs> in the, I was like, oh my God. And I called like 10 times the first day and blah, blah, blah. That there's the story of that is in is in the book. Some of the book the books aren't like the story of my life. Mm-hmm. They're embellished, like they're fiction. But there's certain things Memories, that are yeah. yeah. There's certain things that are based on truth. But like some of the stuff in the books, dude, is you have to understand it's fiction because people say it all the time you're you're the character. I'm like not really. Like I would never do certain things that are in mm-hmm. the book. But you have to. I read this article and it's like if you think of things like if you're writing right. And you're, you got the story, you got your shit together and you, you think of what could be 10 times more intense. What could be 10 times worse than the situation mm-hmm. you're putting your characters in. So I kind of tried to do that, but there is some stuff down there that you see and hang around with those people. But anyway, we used to play tier. We used to play the, the diet, the, like the mm-hmm. craps, but mm-hmm. it was uh, like the street craps where you basically two Two, three, twelve, first roll, you're you're you crapped out. Mm-hmm. Seven or eleven, first roll, you win. Mm-hmm. And then if you roll a four or any other, you got to roll another four before you roll a seven or eleven, or you crap out. Mm-hmm. So we used to play that shit all the time. Maybe that I don't know. Well, even even the idea of like I, you brought it up earlier, and you were talking about tattoos, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, what a difference today. It's become mainstream. Oh, I know. Uh, it's become popular. Yeah. Uh, it's become uh, acceptable. Kind of. Well, when you see a granny, Dude, I got you know hired. I, mean? I got hired by the Culver City Fire Department. Mm-hmm. Literally, and uh, that's what I wanted to do. My dad was a fireman. I couldn't get in, but I. And they found out that I had tattoos, and they. It, it, I probably could have got a lawyer, but I didn't want to be that guy whose dad was a fireman, and then I go cry yeah. to a little bit. You know, that's just their policy, I guess. It's bullshit because it doesn't have anything to do with mm-hmm. your ability to do the job. And I wear long sleeves all the time anyway. I wear long sleeves at work now just because I don't want to have anything in between me and somebody else. It still has that connotation in some 
arenas. You know what yeah. I mean? Where the, 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 the thing that you got them for yeah. uh, kind of where it's a little bit, it's, you know, kind of like, man, when I was a kid, dude, you had people who had tattoos that I saw when I was around the beach and stuff. I was like, God damn. Dude, the guy had like tigers like on his rib cage. He used to surf at El Porto. Mm-hmm. This dude, road dog. He was tad sleeves when he was like sixteen, mm-hmm. and like I was like, oh my god, that is so cool. Like yeah. I don't know what it tried. It was just cool. It yeah. still is cool. It's fucking cool. Like, but I mean, there's been so much like stuff that just watered it down, though. I guess, and, but it's that's if you subscribe to that part of it or if you see it. But you could still go to Spotlight Tattoo right now mm-hmm. and walk in there, and it's fucking still. Mark Lavelle will be in there working mm-hmm. and Bob might be in there and Charlie will be in there mm-hmm. and it's still fucking cool. Classic too. I go, I went into classic. You Tim, like those guys are in there. The real tattoo guy they're, they're It's yeah. still cool. So, but the, you know, the shop two blocks down with the Xerox stuff on the walls that like, they're just mm-hmm. carving people up, <laughs> you know? Okay. But I mean, the, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. I just, I still love it. I still think it's this Well, obviously, cool. I mean, I, I think tattooing, I mean, I, shit, uh, probably like late 80s, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for me personally. And, you know, being a teenager doing that was yeah. in fucking insane. Dude, I had it like old English insane. letters on my stomach. I was 15. It, it was, my yeah. friend, my friend uh, Jack Holly, who, who his his cousin, Donnie's like mm-hmm. the, you probably know Donnie. Yeah, yeah. His cousin's my best friend. I talked to him every. I talked to him this morning. I talked mm-hmm. to him every day. He's my best friend since fourth grade. Donnie fucking knew somebody at Laguna Tattoo when we were fifteen, and like we got tattooed at a professional shop when we were fifteen. Like mm-hmm. he got his last name on his bag, and I got like the old English letters. Dude, I was at the beach thinking I was like the man. Well, like, and then even like having like tattoos like just like half of your arm, mm-hmm. and like you wear enough. a wife beater, you're like fuck that guy. That guy's fucking tatted up. Nineteen ninety seven, you know, like it was weird. But then I'm like, dude, there's no way this could get popular because it hurts so fucking bad. Yeah. At least it hurts me. I mean, I've gotten tattooed in like really bad spots, yeah. and it, dude, it fucking hurts. So you'd never think that it would be that popular. And I yeah. see people all the time and I'm just like, you can tell, but that's the point too. You can tell if someone knows what they're doing or not or where mm. they've been. The, I got fooled a little bit the other day at a, at a uh, liquor store in Skid Row right there on, on Fifth Street. And the dude, this big white guy I was working in there and I don't know, I'm always cool. The guys at the liquor store, I go in there all the time, get some water or whatever to go to the studio. And he had this badass pinup girl, right? Black mm-hmm. and gray. And like he had like some little stars, but they, it was old. And I was like, man, where did you get that tattoo thing? It's awesome. And he was like, like, oh, my God. He was like, oh, I got that one in prison. <laughs> I was like, they do those in prison? And he was like, oh, yeah, man. We burned down a sole of a shoe. And he's like telling me about it. And then, and then now I see him, you know, and he's like, yeah. what's up, man? I'm like, what's up, dude? Like, he's got awesome, like, tattoos on him, you know? Yeah. So there, you can tell where, who went, you, you, you see a guy who has like a full Japanese style, mm-hmm. fucking Robert Atkinson did that shit, it would look proper. You would know that mm-hmm. he went somewhere that someone knew what they were doing. Yeah. Or you can see the guy who has the fucked up shit on him that tried to look a certain way and then it did not. He didn't go to, he didn't go see Tim Hendricks' class. He didn't go see Bob. He didn't go see these yeah. guys that were really studied and they fucking love that shit. But that's something that's relatively new still. I mean, probably 15 years new, you know, compared to what's that? The, the, the refined. 
yeah to, yeah well uh, you but but not it's not it's not just how refined it is it's i mean some the fine of the stuff, art, like a fine art yeah but some of the stuff 15 years ago though it still looks right but it's just not as like you said the machines aren't as, weren't as good and but it's still right some though. of the no no yeah some of the ink yeah and whatever, yeah or i got even, stuff on there like the it's like the red is like pink now yeah but dude somebody said the other day they saw that i was like oh it's fucking awesome how that happened like that i was like oh really yeah like, yeah, yeah it's kind of cool so not only are you into art tattoos but then also cars yeah this is your yeah. car that's my 53 chevy yeah heavy custom custom uh who did all the work on it um well a lot of people i had a lot of help on that on that car i mean mechanically like it's it's kind of I've, I've tried to keep the mechanics up i do, do some of that but the chop there was a guy a friend of mine named kyle phillips who genius metal man that that i've been friends with for a long time and and when i got the car it was 2001 mm-hmm. and uh i knew how i wanted it to look but dude at the time it was so dude it was like appliance white it had like 80s chevy truck wheels on it pink pinstriping it was fucking sitting nose down like i was rolling it through when i got it and everybody's like fucking right on like Mm-hmm. What the fuck did you just do? But I had a vision of how I wanted it to look. So Kyle had helped me out a lot on it. When, when I shaved the door handles like in the parking lot of the tower bar with this dude mm-hmm. Mick that used to, I don't know if he still owns that place. So it's been little p- bits and pieces like that. And then me and Kyle chopped it, had a big argument about how much he wanted to cut it. And I, and I, but he got the roof line. Look at the fucking flow of the roof. Like mm-hmm. based on like the Sam Barris stuff. And again, that's like, going back in history and seeing what looks right so he he chopped it in the one car garage in uh what the fuck the neighborhood was called it was funny we used to darn all or something san diego so, and uh so then it was like that and then uh it was chopped but there's no glass and it was a bunch of different colors of primer and then uh so i slowly and then you know there was a guy dave mclaughlin who's a, another awesome metal guy's older guy in capo beach that did the taillights i uh we were trying to figure out what what would work and uh used to go to barnes and noble and look at the cars of the 50s books Mm -hmm. and and i wanted the car to look like a kid built it in 1954 Mm -hmm. so it's a 53 chevy but there's a lot of 54 parts on it Mm -hmm. um and dude this is like i was telling you earlier dude clean living like my side of the street being clean i'm on a fucking call at work i was working for the city of encinitas at the time it's in san diego like north san diego county Mm -hmm. and uh on a leak call in an alley and I said I look and this dude's got like Oldsmobile like neon like signs beautiful signs in the backyard I was like fuck this guy's cool so I look over the fence you know and there was a 54 olds parts car just sitting there hmm. and I was like if I could fucking get the taillights because we were thinking I was going to be Packard and I bought the the Packard bezels but they were just too wide mm-hmm. you know the Packard ones are kind of on the top mm-hmm. um so anyway I uh is this the long? This is the long story long. That's all right. Make it. Up. Um, uh, uh, so I knocked on the door, dude, mm-hmm. and and the guy is like, "Hey, I go, hey, uh, you got a?" I go, and I work for the city for the water department, so it's not like I'm some weirdo. I go, dude, I'm not trying to creep on your backyard. I just noticed the signs, and we're working right here. But what are you doing with the olds? And he was like, "Oh man, my wife has been fucking telling me to get that thing out of here mm-hmm. forever." He's like, "I just want the transmission." He's like, if you, if he goes, he goes, if you can get it out of here, you can fucking have it. I got a tow truck that day and towed it to my friend, Jim Wagaman, another old car guy, bike guy in Carlsbad. His shop's not there anymore. It's like a fucking hotel now. Um, 
towed it over there and pulled the engine and trans and I had the rocket 88 mm -hmm. and then I took a sawzall and we cut the at the, those taillights off of it. So that's like the actual taillight section. So Dave, Dave, Part of the quarter. yeah, like I cut it back like 16 inches, like probably more than that. Yeah. I don't know, 18 inches or something. And then I had the whole section. And I took it up to Dave and he like, it like plugged in like perfect GM to GM 53, 54. Cause that has a 54 Pontiac dash in it too, which was the same thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, slowly. And the, well, that, the guy that did the dash, Tony, like uh, what's it? Lone Wolf chop rods. The guy, he's a fucking awesome guy. There's so, like I said, I have this like heroes list. Awesome fucking guy. So yeah, I I've had the car for a long time. And you're with the Duke's Car Club. Duke's Car Club, yeah. How'd you get involved with them? Or uh, I met Jay, Med Jay Medina. He's a tattooer, mm -hmm. painter in Santa Barbara. I met him, and he was in the club. And and uh, I just I met him, and, and we just clicked. It was like automatic. He's like he's like my fucking brother. Mm -hmm. Another guy, awesome fucking guy, huge heart, the size of Texas. Like he's he's the man, you know. And uh, so I went and was hanging around with him, and he was in the club, and and uh, he and I had the Chevy and everything, and and. Uh, he was like, just, and I didn't want to be in a car club because mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't want to like commitment or what? It, it was the commitment, but it's also like, everybody's got to mind their P's and Q's or else you look like a fucking turd. Yeah. If someone's in your shit, it's, that's happened with us. They had to kick a couple people out because it just, you, you, then you're that guy too. And you wearing the shirt somewhere and they're like, Oh, there's, you know what I mean? So I kind of had that like going into it, which I probably shouldn't have. But anyway, so he's just say, Hey, just come hang out. And then I met the guys, the Ruelas family still runs the Duke's car club, mm -hmm. Fernando and Oscar and uh, Julio. Those guys were the founders in the sixties and they're and now Fernando's oldest son, Jason's now the national president. Fuck another guy. Awesome guy. His brother, uh, Alex is the president of Whittier Dukes and the president of customs. Awesome guy. I mean, unbelievably family oriented guys like have cool barbecues, drive cool cars, mm -hmm. and then they don't fuck around. Like you don't fuck around. Like you, you go to the, the car show. No one's out of line. Yeah. It's not like a bunch of kids. So that was the icing on the cake. As soon as I met the Ruelas family and like, and they had, had, had asked me like Jay made the introduction and they asked me like, I saw the car and I was, that was it. And I think that was like six or seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And then the people that you get to meet, like, you know, there's this guy out, like, Al, he's, like, the president of La Habra Dukes. Like, awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, unbelievable, unbelievable dude. And then the the Orange County guys, the Dominguez family, like, they run the Orange County. Like, unbelievable. Like, the collection, that's unbelievable. And the people you get to meet, and then the Japan guys come over, the San Diego guys. Like, you just meet people. So, it's know? not only writing, art, tattoos, car, culture. It's, it's like... Yeah. You're just well, Southern absorbing, but yeah. a lot of people do, right? A lot of people yeah. will, will will just kind of, I don't know, um, I don't know. Maybe they still have a mullet, and they just kind of like are stuck. <laughs> Golf, you know what I mean? Yeah. In that one thing, you yeah. know. But it, it's being a, a participant of life. Yeah. Uh, not just, like I said, being on the sideline, and maybe that's because you know we talk a little bit about politics, and I've been sitting here thinking about it. it's crossed my mind a few times, where I think it's in everything that each of us do that we incorporate our beliefs yeah right you yeah. the way we talk about the way we treat people the yeah. way we deal with people mm -hmm. that's our beliefs you know we're living them but yeah. not to perfection obviously yeah but you try uh, and, and it's doing those things whether through a car club uh through your art um you know i i there was one in particular that i really liked um that's another one i just got a 37 coupe too so i got you have this other car here yeah 
I, I see that it's was like big, heavy custom. Yeah, running. that was like, uh, dude, I was like buying the parts for that thing. There's a guy, Paul Garland, who's a like another guy that I said, mm-hmm. my fucking hero list. That's an unbelievable dude, family man, genius metal guy, super rad personality. His wife is totally cool. Like, um, that we talked about. There, there, this is the long story long too about mm-hmm. that car. That, that's a '37 Chevy Coupe. There was a there was a dude that these photos surfaced right, and uh, there was a guy. His I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but it was Sal Cacciola, and he died when he was like 22 years old, and this was like in the late 40s, early 50s, mm-hmm. and he had a Westergaard '37 built custom that his family put the pictures of him in front of the car on his fucking tombstone. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew about it until some car guy was like walking through the cemetery and saw it and was like, dude, is this a Westergaard car? And then the picture surfaced. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, dude, that is my dream fucking car. 41 Olds bumpers, Packard grill, solid hood sides. Um, the, the, the one has a Carson top that he did. I don't have enough dough right now to get into the Carson top, but I was going to do the bottom half. And me and Paul had talked about it for like five years. I started collecting the parts before I would never even sniff being able to buy one. Mm-hmm. And then it just turned out like I had the house in Ocean I sold the house and made some money. And I was like, you know, my wife was like, dude, that's your dream car. You got to live this. And it one came up. This one came up that it had been known. It was in Reno, Nevada. And uh, it was known that that one was around. It was a good one. It has mm-hmm. a 327 disc brakes, all the stuff underneath it that. I want, I'm old now. Mm-hmm. I want to put AC in it, but I don't want to put the AC unit. Like I want everything to be underneath it, but it'd be forties on the outside. Yeah. Comfort, but like still, you know what I mean? So anyway, I finally got it and Paul has it at, in Sacramento slowly, hopefully in next year at uh Santa Maria, the, the bottom half will be done. Well, even cars uh, today, uh, they're like, what a big change. You know, from the days of being able to buy a car for oh, yeah. fifteen hundred. That, that Chevy, my Chevy was three grand, mm-hmm. and it had a small block in it already. Mm-hmm. Three fifty, three fifty, an upgraded rear end. Mm-hmm. Three grand. <laughs> oh yeah, the days of That's finding the cars crazy. for eight or nine hundred dollars even yeah are gone. Uh, which is a yep. big, you know, I don't know what it signals about society. I mean, you so, got to get into it when you got to be into it. Yeah. Like fucking real estate. But then knowing too, cause if you don't know, yeah. then you pay out the nose or you, there are some people though that are like fucking Johnny come lately now though too, man. And and the, you can pay up, but they pulled a second mortgage yeah. and they go buy the car. Yeah, But I mean, you can tell, we talked about the, te- you can tell, Yeah, you can tell who, who's who and who's what there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just, I always like try to like find like the authentic people and it like all those guys in the club there, there's a really good friend of mine that i met named denver dan that's like dude the guy's like a fucking american hero mm-hmm. straight up dude like works in the movie industry he's got awesome cars he's been into the car thing the chopper thing the for, before it was mm-hmm. three thousand likes or whatever before people he would you, you know what i mean you, mm-hmm. you, it's in your heart like the art stuff i've been doing I, i'm not doing this for instagram not, you didn't do it just because it sounds like cool no and no it's in your, it's in you. You know what I mean? That's how you're, that's how you're programmed. That's how your body is pro, like for some reason, yeah. you know what I mean? So like, yeah, that, that's, that's important. And there are, there are people that, you know, I think of being original. Try to get it too fucking quick, man. 
Like, like it, it, when when people come in here and and, and you know they've they've taken that thirteenth floor uh, ride on the elevator and stuff, mm-hmm. and they come in here and they think they look around and and everything in here has a meaning. And this there's, place is there, there's awesome. There's no like I didn't buy my memory. Yeah, yeah. You know, quite honestly, none of it's all. It's it's all something that means something to me or my family. Yeah. Or or somebody who I've met. Yeah. Uh, like we were talking earlier about mid century barbershop from Kawasaki. That thing's awesome. Uh, to have him here. You know, because the the joy of social media is you get to meet technically quote yeah. unquote, meet somebody, but then when you actually yeah. meet them, and we went to had ceviche and he's nice. pounding those equis, and yeah. I'm just like hell, hell yeah. yeah with our interpreter. But it's about being an original, being yourself, just being genuine. Yeah, I mean, you I gotta kinda, accept yourself first. Your whole life should be an investigation on how you feel about things. Although I did tell Jacob Dominguez, I said uh, Jim, Jacob Dominguez mm-hmm. from uh, Duke's Orange mm-hmm. County. I said, you know, Jacob. I said, if I ever get a car again, I go, I don't want to build one again. I'm going to buy one. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just looked at me. He goes, but you already know. I said, yes, yeah, I know. You already did but, it. But, but, but yeah, the day- I would never go get, I mean, I guess I kind of did it with the 37, but, uh, Dude, like a full-on project like that? Like you said, I'd rather buy something nice and kind of tweak it into well, well, the way the, I want it to be. <laughs> I already fucking... Yeah, yeah, I already, yeah, got, the, the, yeah. I already got those stripes. I don't need yeah. to do all that. But <laughs> between dealing with people and then you're like, fuck, yeah. you know, dude. Pain your, body it, guys, dude. Or, or getting ripped off. I, I don't even know how many guys I talked to, but it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Oh, my painter, my this, yeah. my chrome Oh, guy. yeah, I didn't know. They I lost my me. lease. Yeah, yeah. And they can't find my parts. Yeah. And fucking, I yeah. gotta spend X. And then nowadays... The, everything's super expensive for these cars. Oh They're God. almost worth their weight in gold to a yeah. certain degree. I always say they were blue chip investments, but Jesus Christ, now they, they might are be gold right? chip, man. Yeah. Um, but um, it's cool, man. It's cool to finally meet you and see your artwork. Uh, where can people find your work at? Whether it's writing, I just I just have the Instagram. It's, it's, it's on Instagram at, at Coulter. I had a website at Coulter J because I had a website, but. I'm just not that good at that that kind of thing. People can come to the studio, dude. Like my address of the studio, I'm listed. So they, they can, can, but they can. They message can buy you, stuff. On you can message me on Instagram because you sell um, your artwork. I also. sell it. Yeah, so I it, just sold some to. Uh, I got to ship some to Nashville. Okay. Coming up, uh, but I sell them straight out of the studio. Like I always tell people, and people ask me about this stuff a lot. I'll say it. They do. Not all. Not all the time. I'm not like. I'm so backed up or whatever, but people ask me all the time. And like, I always tell people, if you really want a painting, you'll have one. Mm-hmm. I'm not that hard. I'm not hard to find, Yeah. but I do keep it a little bit. Like it's just, I'm not just giving it away either. Yeah. If you want to come to LA, you want to come downtown and see the studio and you want to get a painting and whatever your budget is, you'll fucking have one. I've sold them for 200 bucks. I've sold them for 2,500 bucks. Mm-hmm. I've sold them for beer sometimes you catch me <laughs> slipping i'm only in there drinking i'm like fuck you have one you want two of them that's happened too what, what's your address again no. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's happened no. too so I, I i i try to uh so people can purchase your art yeah of course you're, you're available uh, i'm available they can find you at what's your instagram at colter jacobs it's c-o-u-l-t-e-r-j-a-c-o-b-s uh what about your writing work is it available there's a link in, in the uh or you can just Google that it come, uh, on Amazon. On Amazon, so they can find it. You can all the books are on Amazon under Culture Jacobs' yeah. author. Yeah. So they can find it. There's uh, one guy too. I think is he has the same name, and he dude he like some weird book. That someone's not mine. You'll know it. It's like what, sex with animals, something, something? like that. It's something <laughs> weird. And I was looking. I was like, oh my god. It was like PhD. The guy. Yeah, but that's not mine. Feel yourself and feel good. There, right? that's what it's called. <laughs> 
man. I had a good time the, learning uh, about you, man. Thank you. I, I yeah, I, I was a fan of of your show, and yeah. I was happy. Like I said, I I appreciate the opportunity to come on. I've listened to him, mm-hmm. and I like I like it. I think it's I, like you said. I mean, you're doing it. That's that's it. Do it with I the love belief it. that success is always completing what you start. Yeah, and if anything else but happens you love after doing that, it. and you have a cool voice, so it's like. <laughs> Yeah, what, you I know? used to be a phone sex operator. No, yeah, <laughs> you did. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm like you. Stop it! You're gonna go blind. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyways, man, that'll wrap up uh, this episode, man. All right. had a good time. Was it long? Uh, How long about, was it? About an hour and a half. Was it really? Yeah, no blink way. of an eye, man. Blink of an eye. Was it really an hour and a half? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We're God. about there right now. Actually, the, the right. video is about an hour fifteen. The audio is about an hour twenty minutes. But uh, so anyways, man, that'll wrap up this episode of the LodgeCast. Remember, you can find it on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, So until next time, be well, my friends. Thank you.